everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, it is Townsend. I'm so excited. So tonight I'm going to be chatting with Michael Aaron, which when you see him, he probably looks familiar. And that's because you see him on Channel 11 THV Newscast. I'm really excited. I actually just posted a little clip of it, but Michael invited me to help share my story on um, a show that he does called Mind Matters, which is really neat. It's a similar uh, audience is this one just kind of bringing awareness to mental health and all of those things but he invited me to come on share my story and I am so honored to get him to share his story today so thank you so much for taking time out I, I watch your page and I can't keep up with everything you're doing like, <laughs> well, now I don't yeah now I don't know if you're like on in the mornings or the night and the other day I was thinking is he just on like all day it just kind of depends on the day, I think. So usually, usually be- noon and before is when you'll find me, but there are days when you'll catch me on the evening shows, filling in on the weekend evenings, that sort of thing. So yeah, kind of all I over the place. you post, I'm like, okay, he just doesn't sleep, basically. <laughs> no, I have to get my sleep. I have to get at least six hours. So, okay. <laughs> That's, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, totally sidetrack. What time do you have to be at work when you do the morning so, set? Hey, here's the good news. Tomorrow morning, this, the timing of this worked out perfectly that I do not have to be at work in my normal time. Yes. So I usually get up around 2.30 at work by, well, I have a Zoom call at 3.15 and then just kind of go from there. Sometimes I can start from home, go to my live shot. I go live in our morning show from five to seven and then uh, anchor the noon show. So in, in between that, just working on stories. But so you've had a it's really, whole day by like the time noon rolls around, you've already had your like eight hours of work. But Friday at noon, I'm done. So that, is, that is the beautiful part of it. Yeah, I love it. Okay. All right. So let's introduce yourself. We kind of touched on it. Obviously, you're kind of catching on. THV <laughs> is the place. But who is Michael Aaron? Like people that don't know who you are, do a little introduction of yourself, okay. why you're on here, how we might know you. Okay. So my name is Michael Aaron. I am a Texan by birth. In fact, I've spent most of my life in Texas. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, uh, grew up in Wichita Falls, which is uh, almost the Oklahoma border, Texas, Oklahoma border, uh, spent my entire you know childhood there and went to the University of Texas. So just don't hold that against me. Then I so spent my four years there, went to Tyler, Texas, started my uh, TV journalism career there and uh, moved to Arkansas in early 2018. So I've been here almost four years and I put in a post recently, but I really do consider Arkansas home these days. Um, I love Texas and not, who's to say I would never go back, but Arkansas has been um, a surprise, like a pleasant surprise for me that uh, you think you're gonna work your way up and keep going and keep trying to climb the ladder, but like, I'm, I'm actually happy here. So it's nice to just like take a pause and enjoy life in a state with all kinds of things to do and great people as well, great people like you. <laughs> oh, oh, shucks, thank you. No, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm like not a sports fan at all. So totally kidding about <laughs> horns down. Um, I just had to give you a hard time a little bit. So, so for your job, it keeps you super busy. I didn't know this at all until I sat down and chatted with you. You're basically on the go all the time with your job. So like they pick up and call and you move wherever yeah. if you want that. 
within those hours, I will say that I'm thankful to work in an environment where they do respect our off time. They do respect that, you know, working weird hours. Yes, you do kind of have to like pick up the phone and weird, you know, trying to set up stories and make things happen. Yeah, it requires some um, outside of the office work, so to speak. But generally speaking, it is really nice to work in a place where uh, they do respect our time off. Within that eight hour window, though, you're right. I mean, there are days there are days where it's kind of slow, but then there are days where it's just about, you're right, bouncing from one thing to another, which yeah. can be good and bad when it comes to mental health. Absolutely. Well, well, even like moving out of state, you were talking about you moved kind of all around and then came to Arkansas for this job. And you were talking about they could call you any day and have you moved to a different state. That's kind of how that position works. To an extent. I mean, yeah. you, you, you have the ability to you know, choose where you want to go for the, and you know, you, uh, they're not telling me like, oh, you have, it's not like the military where you get orders, yeah. right? But it is, you're right. Like in many cases, so many people that I work with and, you know, my friends and former colleagues across the country, yeah, you have to move out of state. You have to pick up and, and go and the job kind of requires that. So that can be hard, Yeah. but it can also be a, an adventure and it can be a lot of fun too. And that's, Mostly been my experience. Obviously. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you in Arkansas. I was so excited to get to meet you. I've seen you on the set of THV. I play there quite a bit, play music in the mornings. So we've kind of pat, like crossed paths, but we haven't got to sit down and chat. Um, so sitting down with you to share my story, I got to know you a little bit more and you were just one of the nicest people I've ever met. I've been bragging on you since <laughs> I've met you. Just, it was so easy to kind of open up with you and chit chat. And I meant to tell you, my family still goes on about how an amazing, how of an amazing job you did sharing my story. It was so well worded and edited. So thank you for doing a good job for that. Well, thank you. You made it easy on me. So oh, I appreciate you. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's hop to it. So why, obviously, mental health is super important to me. People have heard my story. Why is mental health so important to you? Like, what are you trying to... Why does it affect you so much? Well, so I would say that I have, so since I've moved to Arkansas, we'll start there, uh, probably soon after, within the first six months or so, I decided I was going to go to therapy, and I'll rewind to get to that part of the, story, of the story in a second, but I was diagnosed by that therapist with anxiety and depression, and uh, it's something that is rather common, I would say, when you look around, you know, one in five people are dealing with some type of mental health issue, whether it be anxiety, depression, or something else, or both, or, or whatever. So, um, so I kind of started that journey through going through therapy and uh, trying to examine my own life and uh, see what the root of it was and dig to the root of it. And um, so point being there, so I would rewind, I think really in high school, I can look back and see that I had some anxious tendencies, some tendencies that maybe pointed warning signs of that. Um, anxiety and depression run on both sides of my family, despite what some of my family members may want to think. It really does. And so the family history is there. So just that self-awareness and uh, the peace and happiness that I've found since, you know, addressing it head on, realizing, okay, this is part of life and trying to just li uh, live with it and, and thrive with it, so to speak. Um, that's kind of, so that's kind of my personal story with that is, you know, it's, it's definitely been there for a lot of my life. I look back and I think I can look back and think like, okay, this makes sense. Like how we got to this point. Um, so 
then a few months ago, I don't know, it was early this year, I found myself sitting around and thinking, and I think the biggest part of this job, it's, it, you, we talked about this, it is a tough job. I think the thing that keeps a lot of people going is you have to find something you're passionate about. And I, I was trying to think about that, like what, like how do I want to make a difference? How, what types of stories can I tell? Um, you know, what types of stories can I share to make a difference? And it, and I thought about my personal experience with mental health. I, I think really the root of that is that I grew up in a small town. There are so many rural communities in Arkansas that can relate. And in a lot of those small towns, I just think that people don't want to talk about mental health. They don't want to address it. They don't know where to turn in many cases, some of the people there. That was, um, I saw that in my own life growing up in a town of 10,000 people where I went to high school and then lived in Wichita Falls, 100,000 people, so roughly the size of North Little Rock. People don't know where to turn. They don't know what resources are out there. The stigma is still very much alive and well, unfortunately. And so in May, uh, I was just talking to one of my coworkers, Dorian Kraft at the time, she was our sports anchor, and we were just kind of sharing our own stories with each other. And then it just kind of clicked, well, why don't we try to share this with our viewers so that they do realize that they're not alone. And that, you know, yeah, we're on TV, which I, with, with that said, I'm just a normal guy, just like anyone else out there. You know, just because we're on TV doesn't mean that we're immune from life's challenges. That's what I said in that piece that we did together. And so shared that story and then thought, okay, now, now what from here? Okay, well, I can share some of these stories and, and try to share personal stories like yours, but also share stories about resources that are available all across the state of Arkansas for people who maybe don't know where to turn. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Like I said, it's kind of, uh, it's a project after my own heart yeah. for sure. When all yours come out, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so similar to what I'm trying to get out in the exact same cause. Like my goal is literally to, just to help one person feel a little less alone and the way that it's kept going and doing it's been amazing so i imagine your project has as well well and i think that's why we clicked in fact i think you reached out to me about this before i even put it all together and then we i shared your story so yeah i think that you're exactly right that our missions are very similar you know and i don't hear necessarily if i go back in the comments and i, I read some of them um, you, I have seen comments of where, you know, a certain story maybe helped someone or, or touched someone and um, anecdotally about you know, a, a story about a program at UAMS that uh, offers free mental health services via telehealth. And they, and they told me that the phones were ringing off the hook after the story. So that was a good feeling, right? Um, there's still work to be done though. Yeah. So, you know, whatever, whatever it takes, uh, one story a week is, is typically what we do. And, you know, you're doing these live streams. It takes all of us. And I just think that starting the conversation, um, hopefully will make a difference. And I'm thankful to work in a, at a place where they give me the time, the resources to do that, because I think that there are plenty of TV stations out there that wouldn't do that. And so just a shout out to my bosses that, that they kind of let me go with this project and have supported me along the way too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to You're Not Alone with Townsend. If you're enjoying these live streams and podcasts and want to see them continue, head over to patreon.com slash townsendtmusic. Your support means that the research and time and effort that goes into each one of these episodes can continue, and we can reach out to more guests and do more awesome things in 2022. All right.
back to the conversation. Like I said, I've been on THV several times. You guys are so supportive of uh, not only myself, but things like that. I think that's cool. I love that you have THV frozen <laughs> on the screen in the background, like what a shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got used to going live from home and doing the news I love home it. during the pandemic. So I love, love it. Extra touch in. <laughs> not too long ago, I actually had, I had Laura Monteverdi, yeah. which used to be on THV. Yeah. She's now on or now, um, but she was so amazing and so vulnerable with her story. So it's kind of cool to have someone else from the staff with a completely different story from hers. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into it. So we talked about anxiety and depression. Um, I thought something interesting, anxiety disorders are one of the most common mental health issues in the United States. And they don't have studies from 2021, which I am ready for, because <laughs> I want to see how 2020 affected these anxiety rates, right? So anxiety affects like over 40 million Americans. And again, these studies were done quite a bit before 2020 when COVID hit and all of those, they're still doing those statistics. Um, and they talked about people with anxiety are like five times more likely to go to the doctor and have all these you know, symptoms and signs and just not feeling good. So it's super important to address it. And like you said, something I find really interesting is that you look back now that you've addressed it face on and you're like, oh my gosh, okay, maybe that was anxiety, right? Because in the moment, sometimes it can present as something else and you don't know and you're like, I'm having a heart attack. And then later when you address it, you're like, oh, no way, that's anxiety, that's, that's right. right. Hindsight's 2020, right? It yes. always is. It's so annoying. The cliche would be true, but it is, it yeah. is very true. Yeah. And so, yeah, I look back and I think, Wow, like um, I'm, I'm glad that I turned to help when I did. I was very reluctant. I think my family, uh, my parents, in a supportive way, and then that's something that I've been talking with other families about, just in terms of these stories. But my parents, in a supportive way, were like you, and I was probably college, or maybe this was when I was in Tyler, so right out of college, and they said, you know, maybe you should consider therapy. And I was like, and not in the mean, you know, not in the mean way, but just like I was amped up, like you know and um i was i was reluctant and then finally i got here and i think i just found myself in a place i was kind of depressed moves are hard for anxiety for depression uh, i'm sure so many of the viewers here can relate that it is tough to move and start over in a new place i was working nights i was working weekends and finding a social life and trying to balance everything super tough admittedly and there were days where i was like pulling myself out of bed to get to work at 1.30 in the afternoon. Like I was working nights then, so like late afternoon, evening. And I think that was the point where I was like, okay, I'm gonna put it, like, put my pride aside, so to speak, and go find someone to talk to. Yeah. And thankfully I did. But, uh, you know, you're talking about the numbers from 2020. We just ran a story this morning, actually, that the, the first numbers, the first uh, estimates I think are out there in terms of like the increase in, in mental health issues for people from 2020. And of course, we're seeing a rise in a surge. And especially if I'm not mistaken, so please don't quote me, it was in the journal Lancet, I think, and it was women and children or young people, especially uh, mm -hmm. who, who dealt with that the most in yeah. the last year. So. Oddly enough, it's always been women. So women are almost twice as likely to suffer from things like this. And they're not really sure why, but it could be, you know, I hate to say this because people just roll their eyes, but a lot of gender roles, you know, they take on the role of the mother now with 
you know, gender roles changing. Now the moms are working out of the home and they're doing this. And I feel like people are just juggling a lot. It can have a lot more to do with that. But yeah, um, for some reason, women are more likely to have the anxiety and the depression to go on, which yeah. is pretty me. Um, the, the numbers had jumped. If you go back and look at a chart, so from like the 80s, um, when they started looking at all this, it's literally like this. And I feel like social media and all these expectations and changes with everybody, you know, um, it's taken, it's taken a lot. It also makes me wonder if we're just more aware to some degree too. You're right. Oh, the factors that we all deal with, social media is a huge one among kids. We hear that. You see that in the studies. Um, but I just wonder if we're more aware and we are more open to having these conversations and, and addressing these issues head on and oh, self-evaluation. Um, I do wonder about that, how that, how that's played a role. I think that we will, every mental health professional I've spoken to in recent months agrees. If there's one benefit, if you will, from 2020 and what we went through is that people are talking more about mental health and their own mental health. And uh, there is burnout among those mental health professionals because they have been just slammed with new patients and, and people just, you know, we talk, talk about the nurses and doctors on the front lines. Of course, we appreciate them. And we, and we hear those stories day in and day out. Our mental health professionals are tired too. And they are dealing with a lot of people coming in because of the impact of, of um, 2020 and 2021 now. Personally, I was never on medication until until 2020 because i think that was kind of like it, it definitely went up a notch for me where i was like i'm losing it <laughs> like i'm losing control <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm like okay we gotta like things are helping but we gotta, gotta talk you know we gotta figure this out and that was that kind of helped be part of the solution for me but just one anecdote to show that you know people are addressing it they're talking about it more absolutely yeah two things on that so from 1990 to 2013 they stayed that say excuse me, they say statistics like anxiety disorders grew over 50%, which is crazy. Now, I do think we are way more aware because I've worked with uh, patients that are geriatric. So let's say 60, 70, 80, 90, even 100 years old. And at those ages, you were expected, if you had a mental disorder, you were locked up mm -hmm. in an institution, literally. Um, that was not something they talked about. That was not something you dealt with. You chose joy, as you could see in like the <laughs> Hobby Lobby, area uh but quite literally that was your only choice so yeah i do feel like it's a new found uh conversation for people but i also interestingly enough i had a licensed therapist come on chatted with them on here and it was really interesting to talk about how mental health um i guess professionals how they were dealing with COVID because, you know, they're having symptoms themselves. Their anxiety is going up. They are dealing and changing and all of these different things, but they're still having to show up for all those people that are depending on them, plus being bombarded by new customers and clients and all of those. I don't know how they did it. That's just, that's crazy. And I think they continue to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. To be absolutely. quite honest. I mean, I just think that, I think they're still seeing that surge as much as life is returning to normal, so to speak. I think we, are still and will continue to deal with the effects of this pandemic for a long time. Absolutely. If not the rest of our lives for that matter. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So how does anxiety present for you? So what is, uh, I've talked to a lot of people actually a few weeks ago, I did um, a topic about OCD and anxiety and his anxiety presented a certain way. How does yours, when you were struggling with anxiety, what does it look like for you? 
So I don't really get the panic attacks that, you know, I think so many people are, might be uh, often thought of when it comes to anxiety and high anxiety. For me, um, I definitely start just kind of spiraling. And like, I play the what if game. So I'm like, what if, what if, what if, like my mind races. I just like can't, like, it's almost like I just lose the ability to function yeah. to some degree. But um, yeah, I actually called my mom because I knew the answer, but I called my mom. You had told me some of the questions we might talk about. And so I was like, am I right on this? And she was like, for sure, for sure. She's like, yeah. yeah, there's nothing better than a reality check from asking a really good close friend. Oh. And they're like, you get kind of crazy yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. and I, I mean it's just like I'll get to the point where I like I just can't stop thinking and for it, for example my mom gave me this example like during the height of the pandemic when we're not vaccinated we're kind of in the lockdown I mean I was I was scared and and I I think part of it was just my exposure to the information day in and day out that definitely played a role and I had to police myself in terms of not watching too much news whenever I didn't have to watch the news. And I hear from a lot of people who say, I don't watch the news as much as I want them to watch. And as much as I think that we do offer more than just bad news, I can totally understand because it can be a lot to digest. And especially whenever you're hearing numbers and, you know, this many people died or these stories, these kind of outlier stories in many cases of young, healthy people who were dying. But like, you just, I just get stuck on things. Mm -hmm. And so that can, that can be tough. And so yeah. uh, I'm thankful that I don't have more like physical symptoms, sure. uh, like, you know, full on panic attacks typically. Like I can't really think that one, I don't think I've ever really had one of those, but I think that's also part of the point of this conversation is that anxiety presents itself differently for everyone. And it's there, there's no one way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, the last guy I had hit his presented more like OCD. I have actually myself had a panic attack and you would remember if you had one, it was atrocious. Right. Um, okay. So you talked about having anxiety, like looking back and thinking in high school, that was kind of an anxious, how did it present then? Like before COVID? Cause I feel like everyone can kind of relate <laughs> to those COVID anxieties. We could all kind of diagnose ourselves in 2020. So what does it look like outside of a COVID realm? Maybe. Um, when it just came to school, I'm kind of, I'm not kind of, I am a people pleaser. I am kind of, a, I have like some of those perfectionist tendencies that are like a blessing, not really, but kind of a curse, to be honest. Yeah. Like it can be like you really get in your own way sometimes in that. And so I think that is, I mean, just one way where I would see like, you know, if I didn't, if I felt like I didn't do something right, like I would just, again, like kind of just be like, oh my gosh, and, and the what ifs. And um, I'm sure I, I can't specifics that are failing me let me let me ask you a question out of curiosity do you ever like randomly you're like 20s 30s and you're like oh my gosh I remember in high school when I told that girl that one thing I wonder if she ever thinks about that that was so stupid you ever do that 100%. me too it's all it's terrible <laughs> I have literally thought I should text them and apologize for how weird I was. Back well, then. it's like that person probably hasn't thought about me in years. No. Um, that's, that's I, yeah, I will think about it. A conversation I had when I was like 13, like I have called, okay, this, this literally has happened. So on my 13th birthday, my grandmother gave me, she pulled me aside. We had a big birthday party and she gave me a necklace and it was like an heirloom her mother gave it to and her mother gave it to and her mother gave it to. Okay, so 
my grandmother passed away. I'm now 30 and I call my mom and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm regretting not asking more questions. Like, where did this come from? It was probably such a special moment for her. And I'm this 13 year old teen that's like, what is this? Which even <laughs> I was always super, super polite and sweet. And I was like, I really hope I wasn't like, thank you. And it stressed me out that like my grandmother remembered me not being excited. But now that I'm an adult, I'm like, oh my God, it was such a sweet moment. And I totally missed it. And my mom was like, you were so sweet. Stop thinking about it. Like, but it's stuff like that that'll catch my mind. I'll be like, man, I should probably reach out. That was weird. I've given my bosses credit on here and I need to give my mom credit just like you kind of just did. I will call my mom all not, I won't call her like at 3am when I'm up to work, but all hours of the day, just like talk me off of this mom, <laughs> like talk me down. <laughs> She's really good at it. She knows yeah. how I operate. She's kind of like my person in that sense where she can like calm down. It's fine. Can you just, yeah. but then she also, she also knows like sometimes I just need to talk. So she'll, she'll start offering advice. And that will send me up another knock. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I'm, I'm calling to talk, not for advice. <laughs> this is a different phone call. I literally do the same thing. So uh, my best friend will, we have gotten to the point where we know each other well enough that it'll be, I'll come and have this conversation. She'll be like, okay, is this a conversation where I don't offer advice? Is this what this is? I'm like, yes, ju I just need you to hear me. I don't need any more stimuli coming in right now. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about you couldn't really re remember specifics and COVID what ifs, but can you think of any more triggers for you? Like things that kind of set you off? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm, I'm finding that I'm very routine oriented. So like if, whenever I'm lack of sleep, which is unfortunately part of my life. So I try to, I try to make it work. Lack of sleep, uh, you know, I'm not taking care of myself physically, like in terms of exercise, lack of exercise. Those things just, I, I think, put me in a place where I'm just more vulnerable to being triggered to, uh, you know, just spiral into anxiety. So, I mean, those are two really big ones for me. Um, you know, I just think sometimes when the plate gets too full, I can just it's almost like I have to shut the world out. And <laughs> I'm just like, nope, you know, I need time. I can't. Yeah. Uh, again, that kind of goes back to my like, yes, man mentality sometimes where I don't want to let people down and you don't want to say no. And that, so when sometimes I put too much on my own plate as a result of that. And that is when uh, things can get kind of rough. Yeah, I totally get that. I feel like you and I are pretty similar in a lot of different areas, but I imagine, like I said, seeing all your posts, you look like an incredibly busy guy just with work. I don't know your social life, so I imagine it's crazy, but if you look at my, I have different books, so one for um, one job, one for <laughs> just music, one for social, it's on my cell phone calendar, and I carry this book around all the time, and it is swamped like hour to hour and all my friends are like you've got to remember you can say no but for some reason in the moment it feels like you can't you know um, it's like nobody yeah. got to, I gotta do that yeah I said no to a project last week to my boss and the way it was presented to me it was not like you have to do this thankfully so I guess she's starting to really understand how I operate and also she's just a 
good person and not trying to overwhelm me. Because uh, I think even she knows, like, don't over, like he can he can thrive, like he can do great work. Just don't give him too much and don't. Try. So she was like, "Do you want to do this? This would be great." And I said, "No." And like I felt like a weight lifted in that moment. I was I kind of was getting anxious about that because I was like, "I want to do this. I want to do this." I think I would, look, but I'm, I just had to like come back down and be like, "But I don't have time." Like. I, I don't want the rest of my work to suffer. So 100%, like, yeah, you're right. And I think that sometimes we forget that in our professional lives, personal lives, uh, I've had to work on that. And I'm still not great at it, but yeah. the word no really is powerful in so in the terms of self care. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I went through, that's something I'm working on and continuing to work on, but for me, and it might be some of that um, perfectionism that we have, but I felt a lot of guilt when I would say no, you know, like if I would turn a show down, I would have a lot of guilt. Like, oh my gosh, they're not going to ask me to come back. Oh my gosh, I could have really done it, but really I didn't have the time. I could have made it work somehow. So I'm getting better at that. Also, Jamie's commented yeah. that she's so bad at saying no and how she hates panic attacks. Um, guys, I would love, club. love <laughs> girl. It's, this is the worst party ever. We're all say, like, it's not actually that fun, but welcome. we're all wallflowers. Like, thinking about what the other one's thinking um a part a party of overthinkers, basically what helped you realize what you were experiencing was anxiety because we talked about how you went through your high school all these things and you look back and you're like oh yeah that's anxiety was it somebody pointing it out like you said your mom kind of said maybe you should talk to somebody was it that did you think listen something's up i need to research this I think, um, yeah, it was definitely family. And again, it was in a supportive way. I think that you have, if you're going to have those conversations with people, it has, it can't be like in the moment in a fight, like you suck, you have anxiety, you need to go see a therapist. That really wasn't how, and it really was left, I was an adult at the time. So it was really left to my own decision-making at that point. But I really think that that is what helped, like just, just that. And then I think you just kind of hit a point where I'm like, some, I just was like, something's not right. Like something just feels off. Uh, and for me, it was therapy. I mean, different things work for different people. And that has been, I mean, one of, if not the best decision I made was like finding a therapist and sticking with it. And I've cut down on frequency. I've been going to the same person for three years almost now. And I know like the job of a therapist is to work themselves out of a job. And I, I mean, there's probably times where like, I could go without it, but that consistency of like every other week now, sometimes it's once a month, just depending on my schedule, um, just checking in, having that third party to like really help talk through things. And again, get to the root of things because there were things like from childhood, from high school years, from developmental years, even to today, we're like, I'm still figuring myself out. This is a journey. And I think being able to talk through it with a third party is extremely helpful. And someone who doesn't necessarily give advice like hard like you need to do this but ask the right questions to point you in that direction so again when it comes to me like i've learned through the process that like okay sleep is important exercise is important <laughs> like these those are two things that i can do that's preventative meditation is another one for me that i'm not really great at like i can do it i'll go for like a month and then i kind of like forget and then it just kind of but really whenever you stick with it and you give it some time and you you work through it and um just like build up that's that is helpful for a lot of people and, it, and really to some degree it is me as well so back to the root of your question i think for me like 
it was just kind of the feeling of like something's not like something just feels off and then going to a therapist and that's kind of where it all changed for me and Jamie yeah. I think Jamie Jay Lynn says I think everyone needs a therapist I, I tend to agree that's not no. a professional opinion <laughs> retweets <laughs> do not equal endorsements but um, uh, I would agree I feel feel like, okay, I saw something the other day and it really resonated with me. It said visiting your therapist should be like an oil change. Like we should go in every few thousand miles, check in, check in on yourself, make sure you're providing the proper self-care. Life happens. Like there are really hard times and sometimes you just need, like you said, an outsider's point of view and you say therapy. And I think for a lot of people, you think, oh, that's not for me. I don't want to spill my beans. I don't want a stranger in my business. Or people think, oh, that's for crazy people. I don't need that. And it's really neither of those. Like when I went in, literally, same thing as you, I, I literally think it was setting my pride aside was the hardest thing because it kind of feels like I'm admitting something's wrong. But the minute I stepped in and showed up, totally felt fine. It was just admitting is that first movement. But she told me, um, she was like, you're, you're not crazy. You're okay. And it, that was worth going. Just hearing a third party professional tell me that you're not crazy. I was like, okay, cool. This is the most expensive day I've ever been on, but totally worth it. Well, when you talk about putting your pride aside, uh, so again, I, I can't remember exact months and dates, but I've been here probably between four and six months whenever I, I went to my therapist for the first time. And I just remember, A, picking up the phone and making the appointment was tough because you're just like almost admitting there's something wrong or feels that way. And then I like have to basically drag myself in there. And then I sit down in the waiting room and then my mind starts racing. What if someone recognizes me? which again, I was a totally different person at that time, I think, in the sense that like that bothered me. And here I am on Instagram Live and on TV, just talking about it, which is freeing in many ways. Um, but you know what, by the time I got in there, I don't know what it was, but I felt comfortable. And I was that person that the moment I sat down, I just started spilling my guts. I was just like, all right, what do you want to know? Okay, let's start talking. And then I've been going the same person. I think for some people though, you do have to find maybe I just trusted her in the moment or something clicked or maybe it was just a chance that I took and it paid off but uh, I've heard it said that you kind of have like finding a therapist you alluded to this is kind of like dating in the sense that you have to like find the right person who works for you and who understands you and who you feel like you have a connection with so I got really lucky yeah. and also my my running joke now is like I can sit here and say whatever I want to say because it's protected by HIPAA so ha 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 really doesn't talk about you and just doesn't spill your name no I'm you kidding know, whatever um yeah I was, I thankfully <laughs> lucky as well I was the one that went in and was like oh, and she was like uh, so, so where, why are we here and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was me uh, but what's funny is going had me so anxious. Oh, yeah. I was so nervous because I feel like same thing as you. I'm all I'm a very private person when it comes to personal information. I've had to work on that, like become way more relatable and vulnerable with people, which speaking about it, like I said, is freeing, mm -hmm. but it's also terrifying because you're opening yourself up for judgment. I know you know what that's like being on TV. 
Um, but that's kind of what you have to do. If, if you're going to try and change people's lives, you've got to open up yours a little bit. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sitting in the waiting room, my mind was just, is this where I'm supposed to be? Should I be here? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe like, is this even the right person? Is this the yeah. right yeah. office? Yeah. Yeah. The did I, did I check in? Right. Do, am I here? Because they're also like very big on, or they play big, bad. Uh, clinic office in the sense that they're like well if you're five minutes late then your appointment's canceled and you're gonna pay and I'm like oh my god am I like here on time like she it's been five minutes she's not, it, I mean it was a, it was a trip I think the beauty again if we're gonna try to find positives of 2020 and 2021 is the growing prevalence of telemedicine and virtual care options which for some people really help and in talking to again professionals they say you know it really has attracted some people who maybe were afraid to ghosted in the waiting room, fear of being recognized, maybe didn't even have, maybe didn't have time to go to the clinic or to the office where you can see people, you can see a licensed professional counselor or whatever professional you want to see and do it virtually and not have to, and not have to deal with any of that. So it's opened up that kind of taken some of that stress away for people to get their foot in the door. Um, I continue to go virtually and it's just for convenience. I already had that you know, already had that relationship built and I feel like I can accomplish the same thing over a video chat. Some people want that personal connection. I think most places are back open, but that's, I don't know. That was, that was a big thing for me. Like finally just being like, oh, I don't really, oh, you're okay, hey. And I never really, I don't remember ever getting recognized or no one said anything. The other thing I thought is, well, I'm here for a reason. These people are also here for a reason, so. It Mine is. was, what are they here for? What do they think oh. I'm here for? Oh God, what do they think I'm here for? Did they think I'm like coming from a padded room? That was my thought. Like, and I just tried not to look at anyone. I'm like, but my, mine is really good. It's really small. She's got the, I don't know. It's almost like a sequence down where you come in and you go out another door. Oh. And so you almost never see anyone. So it's really thought out. It was, it was a really great tactic. So one, it's like a revolving door. So I've only seen people a couple of times, but it took me a while to not feel really embarrassed, which is sad. Um, Cause I don't know these people, they're here for something as well, but I'm like, Oh God, what do they think I'm here for? Or, Oh my gosh, what if they know me from music? And then they go home and tell somebody I'm sitting in a therapist office. And it took a long time to be like, I am doing better than the people not sitting here. Like I'm addressing things that will make me a better person, make me a better person for other people, help me understand other people better. So I've gotten to where I'm like, pat people on the back for going. I think part of that is like societal norms that we were used mm -hmm. to. If we look to people my parents' age, grandparents' age, as you said earlier, that that was the feeling was, um, well, you went to therapy, you're crazy. Definitely not the case. I mean, I'm a little crazy. It's fine. Yeah, we, we all are. are. We're, all, we're all a little crazy. It's okay. But yeah, I mean, I I, I won't look back. I, I'm, I don't think I'll ever look back. And in fact, I would be okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just looked at the comments. Jamie, I think, um, is that her name? Jamie, J, J Lynn? Jamie. She said two minutes late, already sweating. Amen. I, I've sent emails from the car before. Like I'm almost there, and thankfully don't, she's super nice. Don't, and, don't don't charge me, please. And they never have no. because I'm I am pretty prompt. Yeah. I did miss one appointment. They gave me they were nice and didn't charge me, so that was nice. I just forgot. I totally lost my train of thought. Um, 
so yeah, when, when it comes to, you know, like our parents, it was like, that was kind of the, I feel like the feeling. Yeah. And um, I, I just hope that the next, hi Jamie, yes. I hope that the next generation that we can at least take some of that away from them. Some of that burden or that feeling of something's wrong if, if you're there. So Absolutely. Again, that, that well, kind of goes back to full circle of like the goal of why we're here right now and, and what we do every absolutely. Monday morning on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's what it's really sad. And that's what I was saying, like sitting in the therapist's office, that was a huge phone call for me to make. One I needed to make for not only myself, but other people to better myself for me and them. And to walk into an office and feel embarrassed by that is really troublesome to me. Like that bothers me that I felt that way. And I feel like I'm a pretty, <clears throat> excuse me, a pretty confident person. And so, and that's why I do these live streams. Like it shouldn't feel that way, but societal norms have made it that way. And I feel like, do you feel like we're headed in the right direction with our generation? I do. Yeah. I think that we continue to have these conversations just by friends. Like I just feel like they're, the dialogue is more open. Um, even in talking to and doing some of these stories, I, I get those feelings. I do think having talked to several people recently that there, that there are problems with our teenagers right now, a lot of them prompted by the pandemic. Um, and that, that, that there are a lot of issues there right now that teen suicide rates are at an alarming rate and here in Arkansas and just really everywhere. I think a lot of the social isolation and the pressure from social media and, you know, just those type of things. So yes, I think we're heading in the right direction in terms of like getting rid of some of the stigma. I think there's certainly still work to do in terms of, you know, helping people not get to the point where they feel hopeless. Right. Right. Absolutely. I do feel like suicide, um, even just like said in Arkansas, I feel like I hear about it all the time. There's somebody's student, somebody's husband, an ex-husband, a wife. I feel like I hear it all the time, but it's good that we're talking about it. I feel like suicide, you know, if somebody um, died by suicide back in the day, it would just kind of be swept under a rug because that was a mental illness. They didn't want to discuss it. So it's kind of good that it's even brought to attention because then people are like, oh my goodness, suicide does happen. These, these teenagers are struggling and maybe it'll kind of prompt other kids to hop into therapy, their parents to kind of push them to talk about these things because and growing up is hard hard and we didn't have social media i can't imagine being a teenager right now well uh, on that note you you and i have both done some things with the national alliance on mental illness nami and uh, i went to the walk last saturday now it's been about a week ago yeah. and one of the people one of the teams that are the biggest team there was um whitehall walking for isaac isaac patio who was a teenager from whitehall uh, who was loved uh, by those who knew him, was in his praise band at church, and uh, just very involved, loved the outdoors, took his own life last year. And his, I talked to his mom, and she just said, you know, this is a reality that you don't, we didn't see signs. Like, we didn't know that he was in this much pain. And so now they are in making an effort to share his story. And uh, raised, I want to say, 
this team of dozens of people came in after the, so the Friday night, last Friday night, they wore green in honor of mental health awareness at the football game. And then um, just had, you know, the conversation there. Then all of these people from Whitehall wake up early the next morning, get to Burns Park in North Little Rock and walk dozens of people and raise like $15,000 for NAMI, if not more as a team. So that is an example of a family who's taken a horrific tragedy unthinkable tragedy and trying to make a difference and uh, there that's one story of several um, there's another young girl who we featured her family about a year ago now and she was uh, um, in pageants and just uh, outgoing again someone who seemed happy seemed happy uh, and took her own life and that was early on in the pandemic and and so through the curve of these people hopefully we're able to make a difference and I know they're making a difference but you know and and obviously sharing that those are stories that are important to share yeah absolutely man what a brave family to be able to share that but it is so important to let people know like this isn't really that uncommon and it can affect anybody and everybody sadly I hate that I actually had a co-worker um that I worked with. He was about 40, young 40s, uh, the happiest person I've ever met. Never not smiling, joked all the time, was a great, great therapist, uh, physical therapist, Would was really great with his patients and he actually died by suicide. Um, I think it's been about two years ago now. And we were all so taken aback by it because even me, I feel like I'm pretty self-aware. I feel like I try to be very, very involved with people around me, ask questions, make sure people are like, how are you really? And I never would have seen it. Never would have guessed it. Um, we chatted, had deep talks, super family oriented, loved his kids, his wife, went to church all the time, super involved and had no idea, no idea. Um, so it just, it can affect anybody and everybody again, sadly, but I'm really glad that these families have stepped up and are bringing awareness and you too, with your Mind Matters show, um, it's just, it's a really important word to share. Well, I appreciate that. I think one thing that I, I really want to point out is I, I've heard anecdotally from coworkers who have approached me, friends, people, again, on social media, a few who don't know where to turn, I think, crisis or not just maybe like we're in a position like me where I think I want to talk to someone Healthcare for a lot of people is expensive even with we even with insurance depending on your plan and so some people I think struggle to find affordable options and so that's part of the mission too is to try to make sure that people understand the resources that are available to them and so um, I just I just want to point Point out that there are plenty of there are a number of places offering free or low cost options to at least get your foot in the door somewhere. I mentioned UAMS AR Connect. That is a new program that started during the pandemic that um, offers. So it's they call it like a virtual urgent care for mental health issues. So if you're in crisis, call nine one one. Go to the emergency room. But if you find yourself in a position where you really need to talk to someone, you really need medication, you don't know where to turn, um, it is a, a virtual clinic where within, I think, a couple of days, you can find someone, talk to them, and then you get, I think, six free sessions and they refer you out. To, they'll help you find those long-term resources. I did a story with Centers for Youth and Families last week. 
that's a they're the community healthcare provider for Pulaski County south of the river so the city of Little Rock basically another option where financial your financial situation doesn't matter so I just want people to know that there are options out there and um, just reach out NAMI is a great place to turn uh, there are a number of hotlines reach out to me reach out to Townsend you know yeah. send a message and just ask because I think that we it's easy to think like oh it's just tough or oh there's nothing out there but really I just hope people know that there is something out there if, if this is something they want to explore also when it comes to your benefits at work um, I believe through our EAP at, with my company which we're very fortunate that they give us so many free sessions uh, for therapy every year uh, teledoc if you have teledoc through your employer or something equivalent, they may offer mental health care options, whether that's medication management, therapy, whatever it may be. So uh, sometimes you do have to put in a little bit of work, but I think it's worth it if Absolutely. you do. Yeah, it's just like anything else. Insurance is super confusing, uh, but you, don't let you know that. Yeah, don't let it defer you or stop you from finding help. I love that you're providing those resources because um, those are things that even I have trouble keeping up with to refer people to. Um, NAMI's been my biggest one to refer people out to certain counselors um, that have helped sponsor these things. I've kind of sent people off to them. So it's good to know that those free services, that is amazing. I love that. Uh, we kind of talked about this earlier, but you recently got into advocating for mental health. Um, like I said, you've got Mind Matters, which is a segment on THV that you do once a week. What helped you make that leap? Like what catapulted you into doing that show? I think the main thing goes back to my roots in my childhood and where I grew up and just the fact that people didn't talk about this and I think in those rural communities again we have so many of them here in Arkansas this is a very rural state and we just like to speak things like growing up in a small town there are pros and cons in my case I just saw a lot of people not I don't remember ever talking about mental health truly before maybe college definitely or like my early adult years out of out in the real world so to speak so i think it just went back to that where i think there are so many places that these conversations are not happening and uh, by hopefully being a relatable figure to people to i don't again to use my platform to to try to share these stories and share these messages where hopefully someone like me or someone like the people who I grew up around, like it kind of does go back to that, who maybe needed help and, and weren't able to find it or didn't know where to start or didn't know it was okay to talk about it, uh, to just try to spark those conversations. Yeah. And that's not just rural, an issue in rural communities. Don't get me wrong. I think that even in the city of Little Rock, the city of Conway, I mean, we can do a much better job of having these conversations. I'm not picking on small towns by any sure. means. But I think that that's kind of where it really started for me is like, well, we we need to talk about this i mean that's just yeah. really all there is to it and then as i started looking for stories i realized well there's no shortage of them and in talking to buster lackey the director of nami he's like you could do a story every day for the rest of your life and still have stories to choose from so I, uh, there's no shortage and it, it's just a conversation that is becoming more prevalent but I still have work to do in fact i mean we do a physical we do a health segment on our air that's scheduled every other week um so you know whether it's talking about diabetes or talking about 
um, heart disease or talking about whatever it may be, well, we our conversations about mental health are just as, if not in some cases, more important. And we have to treat it with the same respect that we do physical health. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's a huge umbrella. I've said this on like all my live streams, but mental health doesn't necessarily mean mental illness. It doesn't mean you've got an illness. We all need to keep our mental health in check. You've got like your physical, your mental, your spiritual, all the things that are keeping you aligned and keeping you functioning. And like you said, it's just as important as physical health. We just haven't really talked about it before. People would just be like, yeah, be happy and just don't think about it. You'll be fine. Well, and that's not really yeah and that's another thing i grew up in a very loving supportive household with a great support system great friends uh, i've always had uh, what i feel like is a great support system and i have great friends here and um, so i think it's easy for people to find themselves thinking i have it all what, what is like nothing can be wrong with me or feel selfish that they would want to reach out and ask for help or maybe don't understand what's going on and in many cases, these things are beyond our control. I mean, yes, you can work to manage what you're dealing with and, and to, you know, not, again, you don't really get over it, I don't think. I think you learn how to live with it, manage it, and um, thrive amid all of it. But I just think that that's another thing, is that I, super blessed. And that doesn't mean that I, that I, that doesn't make you immune from, mental health challenges and I think that's another thing that we have to make sure that people understand yeah life is full of stressors it's going to come up like I said checking in with a therapist keeping up with their mental health should be like an old change we should be checking in making sure we're in tip-top shape every so often whatever benefits you best but we got to make sure that we're on top of it no matter how blessed how supported how whatever we still have hard days we still have stressful days and for some people it goes back to genetics or a traumatic experience from childhood that kind of shows its head later in adulthood. It's just a brain is a crazy complex thing. We got to keep the whole body in order to keep functioning. All right, so let's wrap it up. Michael, how can people find you and these segments that you were doing? Okay, so, so social media is the place to go typically. I try to post all of them on social media. So that's facebook.com slash Michael F. Aaron. Twitter at Michael F. Aaron. And what do you think my Instagram handle is? At Michael F. Aaron. Try to keep the brand uh, consistent. I like it. So that's where I post them. Also on our website, if you go to thv11.com and at the top, so I'm on the morning show as we discussed. So uh, on the top, there's a tab that says Wake Up Central. That's the name of our morning show. And you can find them there. I think even if you search Mind Matters in like the search bar on the website, it should pull up most of those stories as well so they're they're out there we've done i think 16 or 17 so it started in july so uh, and that's just the beginning i hope i love it i love it um michael thank you so much for taking the time out to sit down with me like i said i was so excited to chat with you especially after getting to share my story which i will share that again to yeah. kind of introduce people to matters and get them to watch that i was so honored that you asked me to be on and to return the favor have you on here because i mean like you said you're blessed you've got a support system you're you've got this great job on television but there's a lot more to it that people don't see under the surface so thank you for being vulnerable thank you for sharing your story it truly means a lot to everybody including myself well thank you too because oh. i mean you're out there doing the work 
just as much, if not more. And uh, I just, I appreciate you too. And this opportunity means a lot. Yeah. All right, everybody have a good evening. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. See ya, thanks. All right, see ya. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at Townsend Team Music for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty.